0: His intense brown eyes crackled with anticipation, assuring me that we would find a way for me to complete my degree so that I could soon enough set off on an exciting career. Lots of women do it, Blossoms. You will be so happy you had a family early. You can enjoy your freedom when everyone else is leaving careers behind. He was so encouraging, so believable, my heart clung to the comfort provided by his words. To be clear, my name is Amber. Amber. Celeste Whittington Jones. Even though he said my name was apt, given my fieriness, Blossoms was Wade's name for me. He saw me as full of opinion and idealism, desperate to open and bear fruit. He said I was the ultimate possibility, Blossoms. I feigned annoyance at the nickname, but secretly cherished his view of me. So I bore him Tyler. Something I took totally for granted. Something I assumed was ordinary. Women gave birth. Mine was intense, difficult in that I required twenty two stitches after the fact, but entirely normal. Tyler came with a tuft of dark curly hair and murky small eyes. I would never have believed him mine had I not witnessed his arrival. A slice of his hair was missing, courtesy of the scalpel that had been used to give him a grander entrance. I knew I would fail at mothering as my first words as a fully-fledged mom fell from my lips. Where the hell is the rest of the hair? It must still be inside me. Hair doesn't dissolve. The doctor stared at me, perplexed, with bloody hands. That will all be expelled. You have a perfect baby boy, Mrs. Jones. Ten fingers, ten toes. But all I could think about was dark, curly hair stuck in my core. So began motherhood. My own mother had been bereft of color, bereft of voice, a shell. My father saw to it that any sound she could muster was extinguished. Despite this, in all his alcohol-drenched rages, he never touched me, never even looked at me, referred to me as her or that one. His native tongue was Afrikaans, and when he spoke in English it was guttural. Her didn't tidy the kitchen. The sound of flesh colliding with flesh cannot be erased from a child's memory. Her needs to be taught a lesson. And so my mother created a fleshy barrier between my father's volatile temper and my untouched skin. She didn't even cry out. She would just wave me to my room. We lived in a two-bedroom face brick house in a rough area in a place called Boxburg, east of Johannesburg, that had once belonged to my paternal grandparents. My mother had been orphaned at an early age. She had been educated to become an English teacher by her upper-class foster parents, but my father saw to it that she stayed home and performed her wifely duties instead. He, on the other hand, came and went when he felt like it. Sometimes he was gone for days, sometimes weeks. His job, selling metal scrap, didn't bring in much, but my mother always found a way to put bread on the table. It made no difference if he was there or not because the tension remained permanently. It was almost a relief when he swerved through the doorway shouting expletives. At least we knew where he was. And then, one day during my ninth year, he was gone. It took my mother months to file the missing persons report. The South African police, back then, didn't take cases of missing husbands seriously. As the months became a year and then more, We sighed with the relief of released prisoners. He was gone, for good. But so was my mother. In every way that counted, she was a ghost. She hardly left the house. Her anxieties spread like a vine in the shadows, and each day her world shrank. At the same time, with each new phobia that spun a web inside my mother's faded psyche, I was emptied of fear. With every responsibility that became mine— Shopping, arranging appointments, going to the post office, cleaning. I grew determination. My mother had begun tutoring failing English students in the afternoons after my father's disappearance, but as time went by and her fears worsened, the burden fell on me to acquire work, which I sought out at a local supermarket where I packed grocery bags and counted inventory. I was accustomed to my mother mumbling nonsense as she swept through magazines and newspapers for coupons, specials, and competitions. She had always won prizes in crosswords and wordplay competitions, and with my father gone, she began to enter these religiously, winning everything from hygiene products to washing machines. These jewels were sold.